Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Wendy. And welcome to the Toasted, Toasted Marshmallow, Marshmallow Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Today in the studio, we've got Ian O'Connor. Welcome. Say hello. Thank you for joining yes. us. Thank you. Now, Ian and I, uh, we work together at Intermountain Hospital. I think you're on a different schedule now because I don't see you much anymore. Yeah, we're on opposite ends. Oh, you're on the end of the week <laughs> now? I'm picking up, like, I'm going to be picking up a lot. Ski okay. season's coming, so. I, yeah. Definitely all about yeah. ski season. <laughs> Sweet. Um, it. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, before we get started, first of all, we'd like to uh, actually thank all of our listeners. Yes, thank um, you. Yes, everyone Yay! in Idaho. In India. India, yeah. We have a lot of people in India now, which is crazy. Oh, no yeah. Shit. yeah. Yeah, I put our podcast on this. Uh, it's like number one, India's number one podcasting Ghana. platform called Ghana. And I have more listeners in India than Idaho right now. So We put yeah. out a post and we got 5,300 likes. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's insane. Yeah, we Here did we are lucky to get like four. Yeah. So. And that's Instagram as opposed to Facebook, yeah, too. Yeah, true. So we ran an ad on Instagram. The ad got 5,300 likes. On Facebook, it got 100. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think more. Instagram's probably like, I think people just scroll through Facebook too much. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's and there's just, so much other stuff like on yeah. there. Like Instagram, you, I feel like you can just like scroll down that. And exactly. Like see a lot of. You'll see everything that's posted pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And Instagram seems to be... More positive. Yeah. Oh, less, yeah. Less negative. Yeah. Dude, I got off... Like, I'm not even off Facebook completely. I, like, got rid of the app, and I don't really check it that much yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's all... It's and I'm so just negative. Like, shit's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... It's bad. It's not a good time to be on Facebook. I don't really... No. Any, I don't know. I mean, I have my opinions on Facebook, but I don't think it's... I don't know. I'm just glad I'm not on it. Yeah. 100% right yeah. Now. Yeah. We pretty much just use it for business now and that's it. And it yeah. doesn't do a lot for that, honestly. Nope. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it's, so. it's very emotionally fueled, I think. Yeah. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. So got enough of that. Mm-hmm. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, asked you to come over because I wanted to do an episode on like hiking and backpacking. Sure. That kind of stuff. And you're one of the people I know that does that shit a lot. So um, let's talk about first of all like where when did you did you start hiking as a kid or backpacking well i've always like i grew up like going camping and like we would go to mccall a lot and like joseph oregon when i was a kid and back then in the 90s like mccall and i haven't been to joseph i was actually going to go there this winter but i've been to joseph in a while but i've been to mccall recently and mccall's it was a different ball game back in the 90s when i was going there um still nice but we grew up doing that. I would go with my dad, um, my older brother, my younger brother, my mom. And eventually, like, we stopped going as much. I wanted to go every weekend, but <laughs> my dad was a nurse, my mom was a nurse, and they worked weekends every now and then, so it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older, I got more into, you know, just hiking around here. Um, I've done a lot of the trails here in the Boise area, mm-hmm. and... A lot of them, like, it's insane how far some of them go up that people don't know about. But, yeah. anywho, uh, after I turned 18, when I was 16 and 17, I was drinking a lot and I was smoking a lot of weed, doing a lot of mushrooms, and I, I don't do that anymore. I got sober when I was like 8, 17, 18. And right when that happened, that's really when, like, it started to take off for me because I had a mountain bike and 
seeing how I wasn't drinking, I could get up early and go mountain bike. I could get up early and go hike. Like I could go hike without taking a bunch of fucking mushrooms. (laughs) It wasn't as fun sometimes. Like I didn't know if I got as much out of it, but at the same time, like it was still really nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's really when I kind of got into it. And that's when I started just, you know, going off on my, by myself, kind of a dumb decision. Now I'm really reluctant to do it now, but I would go off by myself and just hike up some random trail or I would just, you know, leave the trail and hike up and down the mountain. And that's really how I got the passion for it and Mm -hmm. how, you know, I can appreciate like, not necessarily just like the end of the trail, like the lake or whatever is there, but I can appreciate that entire journey, even if it makes my legs burn, even if I, you know, soak my shoe in mud or cow shit or something like that like i have a full appreciation when i can kind of rough it and see see it through if that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that i remember i mean some of the best ones i've had have been you know up off a up off a uh lucky peak Mm -hmm. to the left in the wildlife management area just because you see so many deer and not a lot of people hike up there because it's so Mm -hmm. hot so oftentimes Mm -hmm. i found that you know, if I'm embracing the elements, whether it's cold or whether it's heat, I'm going to have a better experience. Oh, really? So far. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just you just see less people. Um, that, yeah, I see. How the- but it's definitely given me a way to kind of have some inner peace. It's given me a way. I don't like running. I mm-hmm. hate running. It's given me a way to get some cardiovascular <laughs> yes. energy. Yes, we hate running, too. Um, no, it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but it's given me an opportunity as well. Like, I mean, when I was like 18, 19, making seven bucks an hour, working 20 hours a week, driving a Wagoneer that got six to the gallon. Mm. Like, I couldn't really afford to go skiing. But we yeah. got so much snow that year that... I was like, well, I know all these trails in the foothills, and I was actually able to park and just ski down the mountain. Wow. And That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. So, I mean, that's, I don't know, there's just, I could go on and on about, like, everything that it's done for me, but, I mean, I think most of all, it's like, you know, it gives me something to do. I don't have to spend a lot of money doing it, and Mm -hmm. I always get some sort of meditation and some sort of exercise when I hike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... You know, if I don't want to see people, which oftentimes I don't after a few days of working in our line of work, like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now, you've told me about, you've done solo trips, right? Like backpacking trips? Oh, yeah. I love solo trips. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about that. We were like, I don't think we could do it. Did Chris like, tell too much you how solitude. It- how terrified we were two nights in the wilderness. What happened? Terrified. <laughs> Things were brushing against our little two-person tent. We were at tent. Jenny Lake. Um, it's off of 21 <laughs> yeah, there yeah. by whoop em up yeah. campground. So we hiked to that. It's like five miles uphill. Um, and at night, you know, and I brought my tablet. We had the office downloaded. We wanted to have like our luxuries of home, I guess. You know? yeah. And so, and then it also added to, you know, cut out. The silence of the forest, which, you know, to us is can be. It creepy, was pretty so. terrifying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Silent. It's crazy how like stuff is s- touching our tent. Because like, is that a bear? And I'm like, I think it's a deer. Scary silences. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. You're like shit. And so we're at this campsite at night. We're laying in tent in the tent and, you know, we hear something brushed the tent and Wendy thought, you know, I had moved and I hadn't moved at all. And something was outside of our tent and brushed it. And we were scared shitless. (laughs) I was like, 
I was like, well, fuck it, I'm going to sleep. Hopefully I'm alive in the morning. But you stayed up all night because you were scared. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah. Brutal. So, yeah. So you apparently don't have that issue. I. It depends. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think. The first, the first time I camped solo where I parked my car and I just walked and I pitched my tent, I did have that issue. Like, I was freaking out. Like, there, I think there was, like, a chipmunk or a deer. <laughs> and I didn't know, like, what the fuck it was. So, I just assumed the worst. Or a mountain lion. Yes. Or, like, a mountain lion. Which, like, we all have, like, the... Ne- I think we all have, like, the negativity bias where we all want to assume it the goes most, to the like, very the worst. worst. Yeah. <laughs> but first night that I was there, I... I don't know. I think I took a drama meter. I took, like, a Benadryl. <laughs> oh, and I was okay. like, you know what? Like, because I know, like, deep down inside that, like... I had this feeling deep down inside that like it was probably a chipmunk because I had my dog with me. He's a, he's half terrier. Uh, like he would have barked if it was something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll go to bed. I slept like a baby. And then I woke up, had some lamb chops that I cooked on a rock. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> and then like, that was that. I think the first solo First, I mean, I went with a couple of friends and like, these are like, they're good friends of mine. Like I have a lot of respect for them, but like we do things differently when it comes to outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. First trip that I went out with them, like I was sick at the time, like my stomach lining was eroding and I couldn't, I was just getting better. Like I was just able to start eating stuff again and like be active. And I was, I was pumped. Like I wanted to go. And we went up to Queens River, which is kind of up by Atlanta. Super gorgeous mm-hmm. area. Like, it's fucking dope up there. Okay, I remember this time. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah. I think I told you when yeah. I came. I think I was, I was pissed coming back. I'm like, because we were hiking, and we encountered water because it was runoff. It was like May. Yeah. And they were saying, oh, we don't want to hike through this. It's too wet. And I'm just standing here like three miles in. Like, are you, are you fucking kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Yeah. Like, yeah, you is told this me. what's happening? <laughs> um, but we went back, and we camped. And the next trip that I decided I was going to take, I'd always wanted to go down to Great Basin National Park in Nevada outside of Ely, mainly because I've driven that road like a bunch growing up, like going down to Vegas, going to Arizona, and there's not a whole lot down there. But it's a really nice drive getting there. A lot of deer, a lot of elk, and a lot of good scenery off in the distance. So I went down there, and first night I did by myself at Teresa Lake. And it wasn't like... It looked like the sawtooth. I mean, it was green. Oh, okay. There was pine trees. Like, it was high altitude. I mean, you can actually drive up 10,000 feet. Dang. And, like, I drove up 10,000 feet, walked, I think, two or three miles, called a good, woke up, walked back to the car, and then I drove down, waited out a thunderstorm, and I did the this one trail, which is kind of off to the side, off this dirt road. There's only, like, two cars. Like, for a national park, like, nobody's fucking there, and it's fucking sick. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it's dope. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, so it was the South Fork Baker Creek Trail, and I just remember, like, starting hiking. Like, you're still in the desert when you're hiking. You're still having, like, the tall sagebrush. Um, on the other side of the loop, it wasn't really a loop, but on the side that I came down, there's actually cactuses. But when I was wow. walking up, I didn't see the cactus. But it's super cool. It was the most amazing hike that I've done because you start out in the desert at like maybe 4,000 feet, four or 5,000 feet, and you're going up to like 12,000, 11 Dang. or 12,000. And it's like, it's literally like walking up an embankment for the first, you know, two, three miles and it's an yeah. eight mile trail. 
so I'm walking up this and I go from, you know, being in the desert to being in like trees, like at, not even aspen trees yet, but like just a lot of the trees like we'd see around here, like mm-hmm. maple or like trees that like deciduous trees mm-hmm. and walk through another thunderstorm before I started climbing this main hill. And then you're getting into the sagebrush and you're getting into the stuff that we see around, you know, this part of Idaho and you keep going. Then you get into this field of aspen trees for like maybe two miles. And it's the craziest thing ever. Cause all these cutouts on these trees look like eyes and they're looking at you. It's the trippiest, <laughs> trippiest thing. It's the coolest thing ever. Oh, wow. Um, but I kept hiking up and eventually towards the top, it gets really, really steep. How was it, your breathing? It was, I was, uh, I was. Were you feeling it? Oh, I was feeling it for sure. Oh, okay. I acclimate, if I'm hiking, I can acclimate really well to the altitude. Mm-hmm. If I just like take a train or like fly to high altitude, I'm fucked for mm-hmm. like an hour. Oh, yeah. But with this, like, you know, I kept hiking. I was waiting to see like a mountain lion or something like that. The only animals I saw were turkeys and some mule deer. And the mule deer there are like the size of the elk that we see up here in the winter. Like they're huge. Wow. Wow. Um, Eventually I ran into a guy from Georgia who was hiking with his, hiking with his family. Made it up to Baker Lake. And the thing about Baker Lake is it's the quietest place you'll ever go to. Um, It's comparable to like putting in earplugs. And then, like, putting on noise-isolating headphones like these. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's it's a trip. But I remember sitting there. Like, I got up there. Like, I picked some berries from a bush. And I was sitting filtering the water out of the lake. And there's this huge, like, it's like a half circle of a wall. And it just straight up. Almost like, it's, like, deeper than the Snake River Canyon, it seems like. Wow. Mm. And, like, that was the view for the night. That's what I was waking up to. And then the next morning, I was going to climb up Wheeler Peak, which is 13,000 feet. Dang. Mm. Got a little interesting the next morning, though. Um, next morning, I woke up. And this lake, by the way, too, like, I wish I would have gotten a fishing license or, like, brought my rod because you'd see the fish jumping, like, decent-sized fish. They would jump so much, you would think it's raining. <laughs> Jeez. So I ate my oatmeal my pasta that night <clears throat> when I could have had, like, trout. Yeah. Yeah. You know, better. Jeez. Um, but woke up, I went to go filter some water and I, I don't, I, at the time I thought my water filter had broken because that water tasted like straight mud. It was lake water. It was lake water. I remember you telling me about lake water. It, it, was, <laughs> it was so fucked. Like, yeah. So I like filtered a little bit and then I like boiled a bo- I think I boiled like a small Nalgene of it mm-hmm. and packed all my shit up in my pack and I was like, cool, I'll just, I'll go this way and... I'll hike up the mountain and then I'll filter water from the spring. Cause there's like a spring every mile there. Like it's, it's pretty much like it's as green as like Multnomah falls. Once you get back in those mountains. Mm. So you're always, you're never short on water. Well, I keep hiking. I made the decision not to climb up the mountain, but I took another way down where I kind of like, not necessarily scale the ridge, but where I walk the ridge down. And as I'm walking the ridge down, like I kind of see where the path starts to connect. And I follow this path down about two miles down. I'm like drenched in sweat. I'm feeling it. I'm waiting for waiting to see a stream or somewhere I can filter. And I come across a stream and what looks like a snow measurement area. So I stop and I drop my water filter somewhere oh. over the last three miles. Oh. And 
I had oh, maybe a damn. little bit of water, probably about that much. Wow. And, a, and like this hydration pack from, I think I bought it at the co-op for like 50 cents. <laughs> so, I drank it and I drank it slowly as I went down. I mean, I tore apart my backpack, like my sleeping bag was unraveled. And I was just like, well, fuck, like, I guess my option is, I guess I'm going to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, kept walking down and eventually like it's, it was so crazy walking down this side of it too, because the first side was almost all forest coming up and this other side, I mean, you walk through an area that was destroyed by an avalanche, but you also walking down like all these cool rocks, like into this really, really lush green area across like these logs. It looked like a mountain biking park, really. Oh, cool. Hmm. But made it down the eight miles and the only thing that really kept me going is I knew I had like two like gallon jugs of water in the trunk of my car. So you were pushing for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I knew, like, I just figured it's like, I'm not gonna. <clears throat> yeah. But at the time I was a hundred, I think I was maybe 140, 150 pounds. Wasn't mm. in shape. Hadn't worked. Done any sort of like leg exercise, anything like that. So I was How like, much does your pack weigh? My pack that was 50 pounds. Oh, Dang. it's gone down since, but it was like yeah. 50 pounds. Our Jenny Lake trick. <laughs> Yeah, we're pounds. at like we're like, oh. 40 or 50 yeah. pounds. Yeah. I mean, now nowadays I'd welcome the 50 pounds. But really? That trip, and it was my first, like, I think that was my second backpacking trip, too. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I made it down. I drank the water. I mean, I was practically delirious by the time I was <laughs> yeah. down there. Like, Yeah. Well, the, the crazy thing is, I think I kind of mentioned this trip to you, and you were like, why aren't we doing this? And that's actually what... <laughs> got us to buy backpacking gear and to do a couple trips yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. So, yeah. I, I mean, remember that specifically. I, uh, I don't know. I, I still like, that's probably one of the best trips I've been on. I mean, getting off that mountain, like all I knew is that I just wanted to go eat a hamburger and get some Gatorade. Yeah. yeah. And I sat at the lodge or not the lodge, but the little visitor center. Where at? At a Great Basin. There's a little okay. visitor center. Oh, okay. I got a Gatorade and I was sitting there drinking it. Then <clears throat> I hobbled back to my car. Yeah. <laughs> drove into Ely and was like, well, I'm going to camp somewhere by a hot springs tonight. And, you know, ADD got the best of me that day and I got a bunch, I got sidetracked a bunch. So it was five o'clock by the time I got into Ely. I bought a hamburger and I was just going to camp outside of Wells at this hot springs. Mm -hmm. So by the time I get to Wells that night, um, Wells is a fucking shithole. Like, Wells is fucking rough. <laughs> There's some cool stuff around Wells, but, like, the town itself, like... Yeah. And by this time, like, I was fully, like, feeling, like, super sick. Like, I had the headache bordering the migraine, like, the nausea bordering the vomiting. Dang. Um, like, I was just tired. Like, I just didn't fucking care. And mm -hmm. got to Wells, and I'm like, fuck, I really don't want to walk my shit into a campground. And I drove around looking for a hotel, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to park my car anywhere in this town. <laughs> it look, it's too sketchy. It's like, that kind of a town. <laughs> I mean, I think I stopped at Dunkin' Donuts, which is like the only, one of the only good things they have going for them other, other than the Eastern <laughs> It Hummels. apparently is now only yeah. called Dunkin'. 
they drop the donuts. I just heard that. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that. It's yeah. always, always going to be a Dunkin' yeah. Donuts to me. <laughs> it's just Dunkin' now. Apparently. Why? I think that's they so stupid. I don't donuts? know. No, they still do. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Dunkin'. Anyway. Stupid. Oh, yeah. So you're in Wells. I'm in Wells, and I'm like, well, fuck, do I drive jackpot? And I like, I love to gamble, too. So, like, <clears throat> I didn't want to drive to jackpot because I knew if I stayed there, like, I would go gamble and I would sit at that table feeling like shit and then I would feel like even more shit when I walked back to the hotel room at four in the morning. Yeah. With less no money. money. Yeah. With less money. Yeah. Probably would have smoked cigarettes. And I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to drive to fucking Elko. I'm 60 miles and I'll shoot up through a Waihee and make not McDermott, but I think it was like a Waihee in one of the reservations there. I fished there. Good fishing, by the way. But. I stayed there, got up, still had a couple days, so I drove to, I didn't get to hike because I was still sick, but I just drove up Lamoille Canyon, and it's like something out of the Swiss Alps. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, or the Bavarian Alps, I wow. should say. Like, it, there's nothing else really like that that I've seen in this area. Just the way the gorge is carved, hmm. the craggy mountains, the fact that it was July and it was like 40 degrees up there when wow. the sun was fully out, and it wasn't like, it wasn't super crowded, so hung out around there for a little while and then i decided well i'm just gonna drive back and i'll probably stop some spots along the way take some pictures and you know that was that for that trip Mm -hmm. but that whole fucking drive back was like some of the prettiest some of the prettiest areas that i've ever seen wow so i do i plan on getting down there i was gonna go down to uh fuck what is it the indian reservation the duck valley and fish because their Mm -hmm. fishing's tremendous there but They've been closed because of the coronavirus. Yeah. So I haven't been able, which is, it's bittersweet. You know, the fish are just going to get bigger, but (laughs) I, I mean, it just kind of made it back and came back to work. And like from that day forward, I was like, yeah, I really like doing this. Yeah. Not so much the feeling sick part, but like. Just being out. Just being out and doing that because. In the middle of nowhere. Having that peace, I'd never heard peace and quiet like that. And I've been to a lot, like, the only time I've heard peace and quiet and like that is being out in the snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Alaska? Not yet. I'm actually oh. going to go there next. Nice. Yeah. Um, Alaska yeah. has that kind of quiet. I want, I like yeah. that kind of quiet. Yeah. 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 Where are you going? I'm not sure yet. Oh, cool. I'm broke right now, so I'm just kind of working Dreaming. extra. Like, yeah. 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 Reevaluate in a couple months. Yeah. Now, now, when you go backpacking after doing it a number of times, I mean, are you like a, what are they an ultra lighter? No, I don't really. I don't know. I've kind of like still like stuck to my guns on the fact that like you don't need to spend a fortune to go backpacking. There's a lot of people like, and I think Instagram and Facebook are to blame sometimes. But there's a lot of people who, you know, when they get into backpacking, they'll go to REI and they'll let the employee at rei whoever's selling them the bag pack their backpack and what happens when you do that is you spend two three thousand bucks and it's not necessary mm-hmm. um i would like to get an ultralight at some point when i get older but right now like i'm probably in the best shape that i've been in mm-hmm. um the strongest i've been like i have a decent diet like i don't smoke i don't drink don't do drugs anymore like shit's good mm-hmm. so i'm gonna keep doing this until i can't do it yeah but i do like my backpack toy around like they're uh 30 to 40 pounds Dang. Mm. i mean 30 pounds for like an overnighter mm-hmm. or two nighter but like 40 to 45 if i'm going to do more than that which i haven't had the chance to do that because every time mm. i go i just i get sick <laughs> yeah but i do uh 
I just kind of play it by ear. You know, like some days yeah. I'll bring it. Sometimes I'll bring a jar of peanut butter and I'll bring like bread and bananas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like in that's other, awesome. You no, know, like other times, yeah. like it's frowned upon by a lot a of people in backpacking. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're like bring something, but other times, like I'll bring the MREs and like the backpacking food that I can, you know, yeah. fit in any nook and cranny that, and I'll kind of go with that. Yeah. But yeah. I play things by ear a lot. Yeah, we did the. Actually, I don't think we did any MREs. I bought some. We ate we them did, at the house. We did. Oh, <laughs> I like yeah. MREs. I think they're good. I don't think I've ever actually had one. We have some, but I've never actually. No, we eaten. did that thing. Oh, we from did that Winko, one that, that has little... the self-heating thing to yeah. it. It was like, beans like it wasn't and, bad. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. too bad. And then we brought way too much shit, though. We brought yeah, well, because we tried to plan it out accordingly like breakfast lunch when dinner maybe like a little snack here and there we were like we came back with like eat. half of our food <laughs> yeah. yeah and so we're just carrying all this extra weight with us yeah now do you bring a luxury item with you at all um <clears throat> i'll bring like a pair of headphones but i okay. i ran into some like mountain lions and like some bears before so i don't like wearing the headphones and yeah I mean, like, if I'm, like, walking through the desert, I will, like, foothills. But if I'm, like, up in the sawtooth yeah. or, like, in some nooks and crannies, like, I'll just... You hear. Yeah, I mean, I'll bring my phone or I'll bring a camera, generally, to take pics. But I strongly do not believe... I mean, to each their own, I'll say that first. But, like, you know, it's gotten to the point, hiking around some spots, the sawtooth, where you'll hear somebody's, you know, fucking Bluetooth mm. boombox from two miles away. Because they feel that everyone needs to hear it the middle of the the middle of the lake yeah. is where that it was where they need to yeah i totally their, disagree yeah. like yeah that's why we're here we want to get exactly away from that here. shit <laughs> yeah i mean i'll listen to music when i hike but like yeah, yeah. i don't know i just I don't, i'm just not real big on that but if i'm going to bring anything luxury it's going to be like luxury food and i i see it because you know i've hiked with a lot of people who they insist on bringing like the minimum, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I like, I like lifting weights. Like I like fitness. And when you do that kind of stuff, like you have to really take into account what you eat and how mm-hmm. much you eat. Mm-hmm. And I know that walking up and down mountains requires a lot of fucking <laughs> yeah, carbs. Yeah. Like you watch some of these through hikers, like on Instagram yeah. and they're eating Skittles the entire oh, day dang. just because that's just their body. Like they've burned all their fat. Wow. So they can't like. They're yeah. not getting their energy from that, and they're doing that. So, I mean, I won't eat, like, Skittles all day, but, like, you know, I'll pack a, I'll pack a box of Nutty Bars, or, like, mm-hmm. I'll pack, like, yeah. pack some candy bars. I'll pack the highest carbs. I mean, I want to be eating close to, like, 600 grams of carbs, and I'm backpacking. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, the way it goes half the time with that and with how I get when I get so exhausted is I don't want to eat a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll come back and I'll eat the Nutty Bars next week. You know, or I'll bring them to work or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Nutty Bars. I love those. That's how it was when we did Jenny Lake. Yeah, like, we hardly ate. We were exhausted. Like on the trail when you're doing, you have like 40 pounds on your back and it's uphill the whole way. You don't really feel like eating. Mm-hmm. But no. by the time we got to the, our destination, you were like white. I was actually sick. Yeah. I was like, I was pale. Like, I needed calories. Well, the thing about it, too, is it's like, I don't even think about it until now, but I mean, I would think you almost want to bring, like, 
not like pure sugar i mean you obviously want to bring like your hydration tablets Mm -hmm. but i mean if you're hiking straight up like your abs are going to be so sore and they're going to be pressing pressing against everything on your stomach so Mm -hmm. i mean it makes sense why you can't eat a lot but at the same time it's like i find myself force feeding myself half the time yeah Yeah. and it's just like you got to just pack in like your like macros proteins fat and carbs yeah so it's a free-for-all though i mean i mean i guess yeah if you're burning so many calories from hiking you know it's not like being here and just going to work and you know where i can't eat a fucking carb or i gain (laughs) 10 pounds you know from eating five grams of carbs (laughs) yeah i mean out there like I don't know. We used to chew tobacco, and I used to do that on the trail too. As I got into higher altitude, I don't mm-hmm. do it anymore. Um, really, I mean, every now and then I will. But I, when I did do that, I would notice it was like constant. Like I was just constantly awake. Oh and yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chewing um, tobacco. But at the same time, it's like I don't really eat that much when I chew. So it's kind of like yeah. it'll yeah. keep you awake, but like. You're going to end up feeling like shit regardless. So it's just better to like not do that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know. I like going up there and that's pretty much bring whatever. Yeah. Now, I remember one trip you were telling me about that. um, And I don't remember. I, I think it was in Nevada. And you were talking about how you, I think, went to some a certain elevation and like acclimated yourself so you could go up higher as far as oxygen level do you remember that trip i think it was in nevada it had it probably was because like i've done i mean it it was either there or the sawtooth because i know i think it was no it was the sawtooth i think was it oh okay yeah it was uh Alpine Lakes. I did out or no Sawtooth Lakes. I did Sawtooth Lake when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even an issue. But last time I did it, I just remember like, cause you get you get to the spot where you have a bird's eye view of Alpine Lake below you, mm-hmm. and I just started getting the headache, the nausea. So you just you chill, 10, 20 minutes, and you keep going, and eventually you make it up to the top. Um, and do the symptoms get worse? When you go or it abates? You have to, depends on how I acclimate. Like if I stay for a little, like if I chill, I think I actually did do it where I was at Nevada because I was going from um, so low to so high. I just mm-hmm. do it, I do it wherever. I mean, like if I'm going above 9,000 feet, if you, ru- I found that if you rush things, like if I rush things, then I will feel like shit with that. But, and I'm really sensitive to it. Some people can go up to like 15,000 feet like that. Dang. Like some people can sprint up that shit. I don't know how, but. You know, I just find that when I, if I acclimate myself, I'm good. And I had the same, when I was in Switzerland last year, I mean, we took a train up to 13,000 feet and it took us maybe 20 minutes to get up there. And I just remember getting off the train with my dad and I was like clutching all the handrails. Like I was like, and how was your dad? Was he fine? He was, he was the same. He was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to like pass out or or pass out. Dang. But I mean, it was cool, but yeah, it was, it was a rough getting used to it. <laughs> <Yeah. for sure. laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. All right, tell us about your uh, best backpacking trip. Um, that's a tough one, honestly. Like, 
I would have to say probably the most recent one I did, and it wasn't even that long. Like, I literally just... So, the, when I go, like, it's bad because I should tell people, like, where I'm going and stick to that, but I never fucking stick to it. <laughs> yeah. I, like, see something, like, oh, cool, I'm going to go up there. Yeah. Um, so, everybody knows about the Alice Talksway Loop. I went that way, but I went to Farley Lake, stayed a night there, and then the next day hiked up to Edith Lake. Mm-hmm. I think I did, like, 15 miles a day. Wow. It was just me and my little, my little Jack Russell pug. And we were, we just hiked up and hiking up to Edith Lake though, is probably like, that reminded me of like some of the stuff you'd see in like the Eastern part of the Sierra. It's like just sheer, like rounded granite walls. Like you could walk up it, like it was sidewalk mm-hmm. and wow. you know, you're sitting at this lake, like the storm's coming in, the clouds are all crazy and you're looking at the fish in this lake and they're like black. Like I didn't even know what kind of fish they were, but. Were you the only one there? There was a couple other people there. Um, but it was just me backpacking solo. Um, saw some animals, saw some elk, didn't see any bears. Um, but I think that one, I mean, I, I, after that, I walked down from Edith past, a past, a Farley Lake where I was at the night before and walked into McDonald Lake, which McDonald Lake, like it's like a three mile hike from like a parking lot. I didn't know that at the time. It was I just saw a sign that said it was three miles away, so I went there and like <laughs> camped there. And it was like, You're like all right, <laughs> it was like something you'd see like literally like out of the not necessarily like out of the Swiss Alps, but like out of like the Alps somewhere like in mm. Germany, where it's just you have this green field, you have a lake, and then you just have like super like rocky crags on the other side of it, huh. and you had the reflection coming down on it, and it like. The mosquitoes were outrageous, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was nice. I don't think like the destination necessarily makes the trip the best or the worst. Mm-hmm. I think it's more like the attitude and like going into it. I mean, oh, nice. so like that, like, it's like you get in that zone where you literally, you're hiking, you're exhausted, you know, you're like a mile or two out, but you have that little bit of curiosity where you're like, well, I feel like shit, like I probably shouldn't do it, but fuck it, I'm gonna keep doing it. You know, like like you're driving up in the mountains. Like that right there, that's where Edith that's Edith Lake that center. Oh nice. So Wow. I think it's more about the mindset and like how you come out of it. Mm Because I mean I've hiked around um I think I've hiked around the southeast when I was younger. I know I've been to some spots around there and I've hiked around California a little bit when I was there. I've hiked in Hawaii a little bit. And, like, they're all, like, gorgeous places, right? Like, hiking to the edge of the cliff in Hawaii and seeing the ocean and the mm-hmm. waves. Like, that's that's about as good as it gets. But I knew what I was going to see when I got there. Right. And I knew it was going to be cool. Yeah. It is different. But at the same like- time, it's just, like, hiking into somewhere like Edith Lake and even Baker Lake in Nevada where it's, like, I don't know, like, if I, because Teresa Lake, when I hiked in there, Teresa Lake was like a pond, probably like the oh. size of the, you know, it was, it was tiny. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, well, this is fucking stupid, but it, <laughs> um, you never know what you're getting into. So I think when you go up there and you get into something that's great, then that's just, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what makes it for me. Or if you see like an animal. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, we've seen some awesome scenery. Well, we at, saw a moose. Oh yeah, in McCall just like a month ago. We oh, spot, I believe it. Yeah, we saw a moose at Upper Payette Lake. I've got video of it. I'll drop it right here. <laughs> I've seen a couple up in. I've seen one up in Bear Valley. Oh nice. Where, when I lived in Montana, they were like everywhere. Yeah. Like you would just you'd have to avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're huge animals. Man. Yeah, That's they sure. are. Yeah, we saw a bald eagle recently as well at nice. Ponderosa. It was Damned. on a tree stump. Yeah, and the next day we saw that. Do you know uh, uh, Snowden Wildlife, Wildlife Sanctuary. Sanctuary up there? They actually had that eagle. Apparently, it was oh really? It was a downed eagle. That's why it was like so low, just sitting. Because we were like, "What is emaciated. an eagle doing yeah. on the rock?" Oh. That's so it was on rare. a tree stump. Yeah. We were just like driving right by it. <laughs> it was, like, it was like, starving, yeah, for yeah. some reason. But they freed it. They let it go. A yeah, they got it a month ago or something. Healthy and let yeah. it go. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, seriously. So, is there a piece of gear you realize uh, you didn't need? Um. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Like I just I say yes and no because. Every time I've went, there's always been a piece of gear that I didn't use, right? Like yeah. I packed an extra t-shirt for mm-hmm. um, for a pillowcase. I don't, yeah. If I've hiked 15 miles in a day, like I don't really give a shit about the pillowcase. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Um, but there's always stuff that it's like, I hope I never have to use it when I go. Like there's a first aid kit and like a trauma kit that I yeah. packed. I never want to use that yeah like on myself like if i have to like i know how to do it and like i'm prepared like i'm confident with that like i can handle that Mm -hmm. you know same goes for bringing a gun with a lot of people that's what i wondered yeah if you traveled with a weapon i do yeah a lot of people don't like that a lot of and you know to each their own on their opinions like i can see but you know my thing with that is like i never want to use it and if i'm sitting in a tent and there's something clawing at my tent trying to get in like I'm gonna I'm gonna have sausage in the morning. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not gonna use a bear spray in my tent where I can potentially <laughs> yeah, like gas myself exactly. in, and then it's gonna have sausage in the morning. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, if I am in that position, like you bet your ass, I'm gonna fire a fuck ton of shots elsewhere, or I'm gonna do my best where I don't have to shoot it because mm-hmm. I don't want to shoot the animal. Like I don't want to deal yeah. with that. I don't want to put the animal out of its life. But I mean, I think ultimately, like when it comes down to it, like that's something that doesn't necessarily make me feel secure like i'll still get anxiety when i hear something outside of my tent mm-hmm. but yeah it's more of a reassurance that like if, if something, something does occur- happen yeah. like this is what's going to happen and so it's going to suck do you ever think about the people aspect of that um like people breaking in yeah well, yeah just yeah. encountering Recent, you know, crazy recently, people recently i have because i retrofitted and insulated my truck bed and built like an insulated box so I can sleep back there this ski season. I think mm-hmm. it was, like I was telling you about it earlier. Um, but I went up to a camp outside of Clear Creek, outside of Loman, just off the road. I parked my truck at like midnight, crawled in the back with my dog, went to bed. <clears throat> but I thought about that because the main reason I got the shell and I insulated that is when I take road trips to like Portland and Salt Lake or, you know, if I go down to Arizona, I'm not necessarily going to spend a hundred bucks on a hotel in the middle of nowhere. Like I'll save the hundred dollars and spend that in the city. Yeah. Get a nice room, Mm -hmm. continental breakfast, like live well while I'm in the city. Right. Mm. Um, but there always is that issue, especially where it's like, 
I mean, you never know. Like, I don't, last thing I would want is to wake up to somebody like trying to fuck with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it reminds me too, because I remember when I first started working with Chris at Intermount, we have a nurse, Ben, who works there. Ben, yeah. Somebody, he has a camper shell on his truck, and someone actually crawled in his shell while he was at work. And when he stopped at the stoplight, the guy got out of his truck and ran away. Holy crap. Wait, what? Let's explain that a little bit more, because I haven't heard this story. Um, I feel like that would only happen to Ben. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's met Ben. So he parked, and. This is just what he told me, and some there's like a homeless guy. This is at work, or okay, mm-hmm. yeah. crawled in his pickup, and then when he was at the barrister light, he said that somebody like crawled out of his truck and ran off. <laughs> oh shit! Like they're like, like oh, oh my bed's moving. My bed's moving. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, like, oh, that's funny. I mean, that's I'd worry about something like that, but I mean, the biggest thing for me is like, you know, if I'm driving back from somewhere at two in the morning, and mm. I need to pull over and sleep, like I'm probably not going to do it right off the interstate. Yeah. And I'm probably going to, I have four wheel drive. I'll probably use that to get me to a spot super remote. Hmm. And then I'll hope, for, I'll hope that somebody's not up there and wanting to fuck with me. Yeah. But I think a lot of it too is your location. I mean, if you camp, if you're backpacking and you camp, you know, in an area where an animal has been hunted or where an animal has been killed, like you're, you're setting yourself up. Mm-hmm. If you pull off of I-84 outside of Ontario or Baker City, and you just camp right there like i think you're setting yourself up um but luckily i have my dog with me 90 percent of the time so i'd know mm-hmm. if somebody was trying to get in yeah but i don't know i mean it, it, it could always happen and i think some spots around here i mean you look at grimes creek you look at places um that are like arrow rock with how crowded it's getting and how the type of people that go up there these days no offense to the people who are responsible and go up there's a lot of irresponsible people that go up there and black mm-hmm. out and, you know, use drugs and do all that. And I mean, it's, there's a risk with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. For but sure. I've also camped up there a billion times and never had issues. So <laughs> <laughs> who am I to say what it's going to be? <laughs> yeah. Now, do you carry, so when you're on your, when you're backpacking, and I probably already know the answer to this, do you carry anything that allows you to communicate with the you know civilization like an in reach by you know garmin in reach or anything like that or you just i would like i'd like to get one of those um i have my phone and like i know that if i'm like if i'm going into the sawtooth like a lot of the times like i'm not unless i'm with somebody i'm not gonna go run up a craggy mountain like i'll stick to the trail and the trails are pretty well maintained in there yeah um if I sprain my ankle or something like that, like I can rely on my skills. Like I know how to make a splint. I know how to make the crutches. Like I know how to do wound care, do the tourniquets and all that. Um, but no, I, I don't have like a rescue button. Oh yeah. I know. Cause when if I, I was super in- like messed, I know a lot of the, like the peaks, mm-hmm. if you go to the top of the mountain, you'll have service. Oh dang. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember when I was in EMT school, I was talking to you, and you had been to EMT school, mm-hmm. which are good skills to know. From oh, like they're fucking great shit. skills yeah. to know. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's see. Oh, fucking Switzerland. Yes. Yeah. Switzerland was dope. Yeah. Amazing. Was That's that so that was awesome. earlier this year, right before COVID? Yeah, I was like a month before covid yeah i actually think i got covid really in switzerland well 
fucking Switzerland. I don't, I mean, I can't say for sure, but like, there's a lot of Chinese tourists. Yeah, when I yeah, say yeah. a lot, I mean like fucking sardines. Man. Yeah. Really? Wow. I went, I and when were you there? I was there in October. Oh, okay. But I remember coming back and it was right around winter. I might have not even gotten it from them, but I came back. I think my dad might have gotten sick, but like I was sick and it felt like strep. And I was like, I felt like I was dying. And I like walked across the street to the urgent care, got tested. It wasn't strep. Nobody even heard about COVID yet. They just told me to go home, drink water. So I went home, drank Good water, yeah. drank some tea. And I like, I was fine, but wow. Yeah, it was, uh, Switzerland was pretty sick. I was only, I wasn't there as long as I was in Germany. And I actually like Switzerland's got some pretty like insane, like monumental areas but so how did you guys choose this area was did it mean something to your dad it did so like my dad when he was my age he lived out in germany he was in the army oh cool and he would drive around europe and just check everything out so he was my tour guide with that it was he was probably the best tour guide that i could have that's the best Um, he uh yeah he knows his shit around there he was patient with me and my jet lag yeah um but yeah, like if I went there again, I'd want to go with him just because he knows he knows yeah. it. And like it was like he's super passionate about that. I mean, I can totally see that because I mean, he when he was there when he was my age, like I remember going to the train station in Munich in Germany and like he's just like, yeah, this place hasn't changed at all since the 70s. And it like, literally hasn't. No. Yeah, that's what's so wild. Like he like. He's just really big into that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, he's always been into that. He goes out there yearly. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Is this your dad here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Is this in... Oh, it's that's first in day Switzerland. in Switzerland. Okay, cool. That's cool. Patagonia. Yeah. So that was at the top of... Uh, we'll put these pictures up they here. They call it... Is that me? That's me, sorry. Oh. <laughs> they call it the Harder Calm, but it's in between this place... It's in a place called Interlaken. So it's between two lakes and the water is probably like, it's as blue as this water. Like it's as blue as this. Like you look at it and there's some pictures on there of it, but standing up there, you can see that whole valley. Oops. Wow. And, and those colors look fake. You know, they it's do. So, yeah, they that's do. what yeah. about it. Like I yeah. just stared at the water. I'm like, this. It's it was such. Yeah. It was such a trip. Um, but so going up it, those mountains. I hiked up it one day, and it was probably the steepest hike that I've done. And the crazy thing about it up there is you don't see people tent camping like you you do here. I mean, you would think that like, you know, oh, it's the Alps. Like people are pitching all their tents. They're gonna sleep. But like, no. At least in Bavaria, there's shacks every four or five oh, hours. Oh, that's cool. And they have like, yeah, they got like restaurants and stuff like like sausage oh, shacks, wow. beer shacks. Um, on so the hike? On the hike. Whoa. So you literally just go through that. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we stayed. Wow. Look at those colors. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, <laughs> Oh, that was there. So if you go down to the second one on the left here uh keep going to the right that little house just below it here yeah so that was the house that's that's the rail that goes up and it looks like something you'd see off disneyland really it's right here yeah and if, oh. i think there's a i think i have a video of like some of them in there but if you 
are sitting on it, it literally looks like you're going up a roller coaster. Oh, really? Wow. wow. And you're just being suspended by a little fucking cable. And that's how you get to the house. And that's how you get up there. And there's wow. a trail that goes to the restaurant. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, there's also a trail you can walk down to the bottom, which I did later that's on. Cool. It was a great hike. I mean, it's literally like the Appalachian Mountains and the Sawtooths, like, fucked Combined. in Connecticut. <laughs> like, that's literally, like, what it reminded me of. Wow. Um, but some of the lower ones there, so that's in germany and i actually like switzerland was awesome going to but i think that <laughs> it's weird at some point <laughs> <laughs> i think that probably like going to like europe mainly or not europe but, like mainly like bavaria and germany is probably like the best one like the best i mean that's there's no other place like that i mean every building yeah. has the flowers out front like the cobblestone side everything's so cool it is right? so cool yeah like, the food is good yeah. the food is real like I mean, that's their artwork on their city hall. Like, yeah, on city hall. It's amazing. Yeah. In like Boise, like we pride ourselves in the little fucking lawn chairs that we have out front. Like that's yeah. like, I think that's a little more impressive. Way more. Yeah, um, that's. Sheesh. But I think the main takeaway from like going somewhere with Europe is, especially like Germany, like where we were. Oh. Is I mean, it's a different lifestyle out there for sure. <laughs> um. I think what we see here, like, we're so, as a society, and I could talk on this, it's a separate talk, I could talk on it all day, we're so anxious as a society, oh, yeah. we're so obsessed with ourselves, we're and so work. obsessed with work, we're so yeah. obsessed with money, even though not a lot of us make and a lot of money. And getting things that we we're, actually can't take with us anywhere, mm-hmm. like, the, yeah. Well, you see it there, I mean, like, we go out on a Sunday and you'd see families, like, with their 16, 17 year olds, like, just out hiking, like, hanging out, like, you see... You don't see, like, it's not chaotic at night past two, even though the bars are open. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you have the food that they serve there. It's all real. The soda, like, I bought an orange soda there out of the vending machine, and it was yellow because they don't allow certain preservatives there. Yeah, like Whoa. colorings like and colorings shit. And, yeah. like, An orange soda is diabetes. Nobody's fat. <laughs> yeah, like, why yeah, yeah. overweight? Yeah. Like, why did no one put orange coloring in this shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it tastes like orange. Like, yeah. it was good. I mean, I was down with it, like, but where's our orange number fourteen in totally in there? Yeah, orange dye. But it's Fuck. it's one of those places I think where if you grew up like that, like not to say everyone here has a shit lifestyle, but I think that they they have done just in terms of like development, like growing up, like health choices, like they've done very well. Mm-hmm. And that's despite having a cigarette machine in every corner. You know, like, <laughs> right. you still have the option. Yeah. Like, if you really want that, like, yeah, you can do smoke that. Up. Like, cigarette yeah. machines. That goes oh, way wow. back. Yeah. Because you don't have those here <laughs> no. anymore. They still have them in Switzerland, oh, the cigarette in, machine? In Germany, they're, like, on every corner. Wow. Really? Wow. I wonder yeah. if that's where we sold all of ours, too. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I remember mean, that when I was a kid. Like everywhere yeah. there. Wow. But, the other thing about that going to Germany too is like you go out here to Starbucks, you get a cup of coffee. If you really want to wake up at Starbucks here, you have to get like a super tall cold brew there. You get like they give you a shot and a cookie and it's like crack. Like, <laughs> really? You drink it in the morning and like you're you're good to go for the day. Like there's no stopping. Of course, like, my shot and my cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's something else, but. Coolest. One of the other things about it too that I just I found was fascinating is like every tall mountain, 
you could take a tram up to. Oh, that's uh, cool. And like the yeah. trams were super intense going up because you're like you're up. I mean, it looks like you're up two thousand feet. Like yeah. just looking down. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Um, but once you're up there, you can kind of ski. Like you can ski at the top of the Zugspitz, which was the highest point in Germany. Um, and you can ski at the Alpspitz. The Alpspitz was, I think, the second highest point, but. That was probably the coolest spot that I've been to there just because of the canyons you could hike. Did through. you ski? I didn't ski. Oh, There's snow, but nobody was skiing. Oh, okay. Um, I did a lot of hiking there and it's just, I don't know. It's just cool. Like everything's so pristine there. Like it's just clean. I mean, I don't, yeah, looks I mean, you look at beautiful. the pictures there. Looks it's fake. like, it's so amazing. <laughs> you look at the rivers, like they're, I mean, yeah, that was the part not gorge hiking through that. Wow. That was sick. That was only like a two mile hike, but I mean. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. This is the scenery there. And I never realized it about Germany, but it's super religious there. Oh, really? I wouldn't have thought what that religion? either. I think it's Catholicism. Like you, I mean, there's churches. I mean, obviously there's churches and like a lot of different places there but you'll be driving places and like just random spots on the side of the road or on the mountain there's some sort of like statue of like a oh. priest or someone from i'm not really religious so i don't know no. who they are but <laughs> like that cross right there oh yeah huh. this is in germany here yeah so that's in uh Garmisch uh, Partenkirch, and that's where they had the Winter Olympics a few years back. Oh, okay. What is this here? I couldn't figure it out. That was on. That was on. Just below the Alpspitz, though. So if you took that lift up, it would take you to the very top. This here. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Where we were like mid mountain, just hanging out. We were gonna take yeah. a train. All right, no, that was okay, Zugspitz so you actually. Can see the. And that Zugspitz as well. We actually took a train. I think, I think we went up there twice because I remember taking the tram up there, which was fucking intense, and then taking <laughs> a really? train. And you're literally on a train going through a tunnel, like a rocky ass tunnel for like yeah, twenty minutes. Really? Wow! And there's all these like exit doors. Like but if the anything exit goes wrong, open up you're to, screwed. They what? <laughs> and if anything goes wrong, you're screwed. Well, you got to go out one of the exit doors. Yeah. But the exit doors lead you like to a cliffside. Oh god! <laughs> so it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Got to use your head on that one. Where's this pick at right here? So that's in Amsterdam. We uh, went. Amsterdam's nice. awesome. We went You've there, been there for right? it's, I've been there. it's fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I couldn't make Amsterdam like the complete. Um. I couldn't make that the complete reason for actually going to Europe, but really, you know, if you're going to suffer the eight hour jet lag, like that's not a bad spot to do it because there's always mm. something to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first night I was there, I took, I got my doctor to prescribe me some Ativan for the flight over and, uh, I took the Ativan, took the Benadryl, basically the same shit we give people at my work when they lose it yeah. and they get aggressive. <laughs> yeah. like, I got in my mind, I'm like... <laughs> I hate flying. It's going to be eight hours. I'm going to chemically restrain myself. It's going to be fucking great. And I took it and I stayed awake the entire eight hours. Oh, jeez! Like, like, how did this happen? So I uh, I got there and I remember like we were leaving this hotel to go get food. It's just me and my dad. And like I walked out the door and it just hit me all at once. 
And I'm like, yeah, I, I got to go to fucking bed. And I like, just turned around, walked to my room, woke up at two in the morning, got a fucking, went walking, like got a sausage and yeah, it was, it was cool. There's a lot of cool museums and a lot of history in Amsterdam. And it's so clean. Oh All yeah. The bikes. Like, it's amazing. When you fly in, it's like, holy just crap. Just comparing it to somewhere. It right. Yeah. Like comparing it to somewhere like Portland too. Like Portland, they say it's the weirdest, most promiscuous city in the U.S. And like you go there and like, I like Portland. Don't get me wrong, but like it's a fucking dump half the time. <laughs> yeah. Amsterdam, prostitution's legal. They have a whole section dedicated to prostitution. And it's clean. <laughs> and it's clean. Yeah. All the drugs are legal. Yeah. I only saw one homeless person. Like. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that. I don't know what did it. And you're required to ride bikes. Like, there are thousands In of bikes. In Amsterdam. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And that, that picture there is actually the psych hospital in Amsterdam. Whoa. Really? That seems appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's We were, cool. like, walking, and, like, I took a picture. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. And we walked past, and it was, like, the fucking hospital and office of psychiatry. <laughs> really? Wow. Like this, is, <laughs> this is their little art outside or something? Like, yeah, I mean, I, is I, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Wow, Jeez. yeah. So that stuff is more down. Is this your dog? That's Toby. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's he's done a, a lot pug of what? Pug what? Jack Russell. Oh, Jack Russell. So he's done a lot of the. <laughs> there he is. A lot of the backpacking trips with me. <laughs> How old is he? He's five. Oh yeah, he's like, let's go. Yeah, he's a super, super good boy. That's yeah. that's for sure. Where the fuck is Duchess? Did we close the bedroom door? I think we shut the, door? yeah. Oh, that's why she's Normally not out she'd here. Normally she'd be right here. She'd be right in the middle oh, here. Oh, let's do this one. Which one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Look at his harness. <laughs> yeah, it's studded. With the spikes. You're trying to make him scary? How much does he weigh? She weighs 17. 17 all pounds. 17 pounds. No, I saw people wearing those. I went to Portland for a Judas Priest concert, and I saw a bunch of people wearing that. I'm like... My dog. I'm always like... That's the kind of music I like listening to, so I'll like do my meal prep every now and then. Especially when Toby was a puppy, I would just blast like Ronnie James Dio as I'm cooking food for four hours. And like... Every time I put that kind of music on, he wags his tail. So I'm like, well, you know, it's just, it's going to fit. Like, he rocks hard. He likes that kind of stuff. <laughs> I remember that when you went to Portland for the Judas Priest concert, because you told me about it. It was fucking Priest. dope. Really? Yeah, Judas Priest. You And this was like two, three years ago? A couple years ago, yeah. Yeah. Like, that was, That's it was cool. nuts. Like, probably the best. I mean, I went and saw the Stones, too, but like. Yeah. It's really Priest. like a tie up between like the Stones and Judas Priest. Really? Because like Judas Priest. They've did. been around. They've been around. Like, I, like, I remember I them. I can't even scream them. anymore. You were a Judas and, Priest yeah. fan? Can, yeah. Like I couldn't name a Judas Priest song. No, but, but I could sing it. I could make up the words if I heard it. You could. <laughs> but their openers, like, I think it was, I don't think it was Testament, but I know it was Saxon. And they're like. Tes- Testament. Saxon, like the guy, the lead guy, it was like. I don't even know them that much, but he had fucking gray hair down to here, and they, they totally killed the show. Like, wow. It was just, really? There's <laughs> nothing else like it, that's for sure, man. <laughs> fucking Judas Priest. I, I actually, you know, was never really a Judas Priest fan, but I remember a lot of my friends back in the day having, like, you know, their Judas Priest t-shirts and shit. Yeah, I think that's a lot. It's a lot. You love them or you hate them. 
Yeah. What are you trying to do here, dude? I'm trying to go get back here to fucking YouTube. And this is all can be cut out. <laughs> That's the magic of editing. Let's go. Let's pull up. Uh, just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> do, 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 do. All right. You're pulling go. up Judas Priest? I am pulling up Judas okay. Priest. What's yeah, up? they covered... You've got another thing coming. Do they that one. Covered that. They covered painkiller. Oh, oh, is that your favorite band? Everyone would you say? Or? They're not my favorite, but I like them a lot. What's your favorite? Like in that genre. Oh, it's got it's Dio. 100%. Oh, okay. Dio. I can listen to Dio. You don't remember this? That's yeah, a classic. Yeah. We gotta Rob switch Halford up didn't here. even have his hair. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even tell. But he didn't have his hair and he couldn't scream like he used to. Like it yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> Spotify playlist. Some Judas Priest. Yeah. <laughs> I got Metallica in there. I know. So this would be more you. Dio. Oh yeah. Fucking Dio. I mean, pretty much any stuff like that. Just super old. Yeah. It's not super mainstream, yeah. Dio was insane too. Like that guy was fucking short, like performed concerts when he had stomach cancer. Oh damn. Like I loved this music when I was like late teens, early twenties, and I was angry. Oh, I angry. Yeah. I told Chris I was super huge into Metallica because I was such an angry up. teen. Like I oh, had to, <laughs> yeah. and I had the hair and the head banging. Yeah. And she was a rocker. Yeah. I was more like hip hop because yeah. I grew up in like the Bay Area. He's a skater. Of California. Kid. So yeah, I was like skater, hip hop. Yeah. And there was kind of like this whole kind of punk ska thing oh that's where ska started isn't it like in like i think it did like formed in california you know it's kind of like a more of a english thing with kind of a california twist we on went it. to it's a, lot, see yeah. a ska band. we did yeah in san francisco like see? uh we saw monkey we saw um it was all brand new to me. <laughs> I was like, "What was an?" I, oh, Johnny Rotten, who was. Oh no shit! Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, we was at this club in San Francisco. Yeah, we saw Johnny that's Rotten. Fucking, that's yeah, cool. and this was just like a few years ago. And to me, it was cool, you know. But she was like, "Are they gonna do any covers?" Yeah, I totally you know? didn't understand the whole concept. <laughs> yeah. So it was a and the dance cool and the thing. 
That's, yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, it's a total, total style of dancing, yeah. skanking. Oh yeah, no, you I know, had a couple yeah. buddies who were really into that growing up. Yeah. I don't mind ska music. It's just not like, I don't know, it's not my favorite. It's not my first pick. Most days. Yeah, yeah I grew up Some in California, it so it was a like back when I was a like teenager and early twenties. It was a big, you know, like cool genre of music between. I mean, I guess more, I guess, alternative people, you know, not like the mainstream pop top 40 shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like everyone, a lot of people know about it now. Yeah. Now. All right. What are we on to next? Have you ever been on a backpacking trip where you didn't have enough food? No, I don't think so. No. I mean, like, maybe, like, enough food that I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'll eat oatmeal, but, like, I don't necessarily want to fucking make oatmeal right when are I wake up. Are you a cold up. soaker, or are you, like, get out of your grill? I have a, I have a little, like, uh, jet boil, or a little, like, heat. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, I'll make coffee. Like, I'll make the oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, if I I need to, I was thinking of it last time because like, I love like I eat a shit ton of bananas, like good carb content, like good, super good for you. I need yeah. to start dehydrating the food that I want to bring, and I'll I think I'll mm. eat more then. But oh, right okay. now, and if you get the right MREs too, I mean, you get the ones like you can get like there's one I think uh, I forget who makes it, but it's like an apple strudel. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking 300 car- grams of carbs. Oh, dang. And it's literally just <laughs> wow. that big. It's so fucking good. Wow. It is so fucking well, good. Well, yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, if you eat one of those, like, you're good for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You'll be okay. You have you really... done the uh, ice cream sandwich? I have. You have. What do you think of that? I think Didn't we did. Didn't we try I, that? No, I haven't, I haven't, we did, did, I haven't yeah. done the ice cream sandwich. Okay. okay I, think we I thought like, about it. This is not great. Mountain House or something. Didn't we think it wasn't great? It wasn't that good. No, no. Maybe if we put it in the freezer first but and maybe if we were backpacking but you wouldn't have time. a freezer yeah it the, way that I, the way that i kind of see it is like if i work hard enough and work up an appetite i'll eat whatever yeah like, that's true yeah that's kind of how i do it here like i with the meal prepping that i do like i'll eat bland sweet potatoes and ground turkey i don't like it but yeah if it's been four hours since my last meal like i will like it sustenance (laughs) right i will eat it it'll be be good i'll enjoy it gut feel yeah feel energy yeah (laughs) jeez so in switzerland when you were there so you said he didn't ski how many how long were you in switzerland we're there about a week um we did a lot of hiking or i did hiking my dad there's something wrong with his knee um Mm -hmm. he didn't hike was it just the two of you yeah oh mm. nice that's awesome yeah it was it was great yeah we went out to eat a lot we went to like spots where he had been when he lived there oh that's cool so he um, got to show you and yeah yeah oh, cool. like he showed me some villages showed me some uh spots to like go skiing which actually like to rent skis to rent the equipment over there is pretty much the exact same price oh, wow. as it is here really but flying over there in the winter is like forget not about the it same like, price. Yeah. it's so it's a lot did you of money. check in on lift ticket prices are they outrageous i think they're they're probably comparable oh really i didn't look but i know Vail resorts own some of the skiers oh out there. okay oh yeah which they're 
they're not the greatest, but at the same time, not the greatest company, but at the same time, like you have somewhat consistency mm-hmm. or, you know, what you're expecting with that. Yeah. Um, no, we went to a couple areas too, where you basically like, there's towns where the only way you can get to them is by taking a chairlift. Really? Yeah. Oh, so it's kind of cool. That's super what? cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you're literally just in a gondola and like, there's people like carrying their groceries up and whatnot. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's their life. Yeah. Just rolling green hills with And like, let's go grocery shopping and get on the gondola? Pretty much, yeah. Whoa. Wow. That's way different Um, than hopping in the car and going to Winco. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That seems way cooler. Yeah. People generally, I think they survive off of less there. Mm-hmm. But I think they that's make a the, thing. Yeah. the stuff that they have, they use like every bit of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you have cows or like you have cattle there, like it's not like there's here, no waste. Here you have, they go to the butcher yard. Their hides get scrapped. Their bones get scrapped. They're like, I'm gonna do a butcher shop and go to pelt like a sheep pelt mm-hmm. for like a hundred bucks, and. Just came off a sheep. I think they cook the meat and they use the bones yeah. for something else, but they don't waste. Yeah. And yeah. they garden a fuck ton out there. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Just the water. Mm. It's like all, it's either gray or it's like turquoise. It, it's wow. just nuts. Wow. Um, everywhere you go out there is pretty much by train. I love mm. that mode of transportation. I I do too when the tracks are good. The tracks in Holland fucking suck. Oh really? I like thought I was gonna puke coming out of Holland because really? it's literally just like oh. that for two hours. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Then you get into Germany and it's just smooth sailing. Really? Like, everything's wow. brand new and it's just super nice. <laughs> but oh. they may have been mind. high in Holland. <laughs> yeah, maybe in Holland there just because they've had legal weed for a long time. They just oh yeah, stoned. they're just like they're this is good like, enough. These tracks are fine. <laughs> they're probably just like fuck it. Yeah, yeah, right. They're all high. <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I don't. Holland's different though. Like I like, I like. I don't know. I think I, like everywhere we went, like I was super like. There's good and there's bad, but at the same time, like it was just. It's a lifestyle that I could get down on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could you um, see yourself moving there? Uh, potentially. Yeah. I don't think they, they wouldn't take me though. Holland, though, you're too American. You can get what? into you can get into Ireland and you can into Holland a lot easier though. Oh, okay. But Germany, it's like they yeah, they have like. I mean, they their their social system out there, their government system. It's like, I don't know, like I don't know how I don't know what their taxes are, what they pay in taxes to live there. But mm-hmm. I know that the kids, like little kids, get you know funded preschool, which is super important. Oh wow! The schools are really good. The healthcare is decent, and like pretty much everyone has a job. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they pay in taxes to afford those luxuries, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. I just don't like, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to know. I mean, I'd live out there. Like if it, if it was like worth it, mm-hmm. I would totally do it, but I just don't know if it'd be worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, where I went was we were in like kind of a resorty area mm-hmm. or like a touristy area. I don't think I'd want to live in somewhere like Berlin or like I could probably live in Munich but 
I think the quality of life would be better in the countryside. And mm. I don't think at this point in my life, I'm not going to go over there with the skills to the vocational skills to achieve that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like I was like, there's people out there who are my age or younger who are like already fucking like doctors and shit. Like Dang. They, their education program is so good. Like it makes ours look like such shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, well, you were that's... recently telling me about you've been to CWI for so many years and you were like, I don't feel any smarter at all. <laughs> well, I mean, like yeah. I've been going part time. Yeah. And like I've changed majors a couple of times. But still you should feel smart. <laughs> yeah. The only classes I really benefited from there was probably victimology and nutrition. Really? So I can understand work and like why people are the way they are based yeah. off of something that happened to them. Mm-hmm. Because of victimology. And I can actually like, I don't get into like too much of the political debates these days because of that. Because it's like, look, like this is, this is how this goes. This is how a trauma mm-hmm. response goes. This is how... Some this is how this act is going to affect someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, half the classes there, it's just like I either already knew it or I zone out because it's they're just super political about things, and that's not what I signed up for. I knew it's what I signed up for, but it's not what I wanted to sign yeah. up for. So, yeah. yeah, but I don't think I'm any better off. I mean, I think I just Isn't spent a fuck weird? ton of money and I'm going to spend a fuck ton more. That's weird. And read my own and books lame. and do my own knowledge, get my own knowledge, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think that's way more valuable than like going to a university or community college. Yeah, it can be. Well, experience, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't plan, so I'm going for like mental health therapists, but I don't plan to, I mean, I plan like, obviously I'm going to learn some decent shit when I go to ISU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't want to, base everything in the therapy off of what I learned in school because I mean I could I'm not going to name names but like we've worked with a couple of people who do that it's not really effective yeah you have to go a little off the rails as a therapist yeah you you gotta be kind of fucked up yourself do a lot of it can't I mean some book learning for psych but you know but more it's like a feel really if you're working with somebody who's super borderline yeah like do you call them on their shit or do you continue letting them do their shit and get worse mm-hmm. just because your professor says that's what you should do because it's polite yeah. like i'm like now i'll call you on your shit like you're not gonna get fucking better but yeah that's kind of how i feel with school i mean so you're gonna benefits. go to isu in the counseling program uh social work <laughs> social work yeah. oh okay speaking of that real quick um and i have this in my notes and we've talked about it pre- uh previously um about pressing charges on oh, psychotic yeah. patients this is a conversation chris we've and I had have. this yeah and um well my thing it's on a it tough one my thing on it is if there's it really just if they're psychotic i think it really it's unique to the situation like if they're yeah i mean if hypothetically if we have a patient who they're psychotic and they hit one of us or they throw a chair at one of us. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I'm not going to press charges if they do that. Unless the only way that I'll get workman's comp is by doing that, which I don't agree with. But if we have a patient who is coming off a of meth, high on meth, high on heroin, coming off a of heroin and, or they're just being a fucking dick and mm-hmm. they want to be, they want to behave like that. 
of no issues with it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're being um, a dick, if it's so super behavioral, patient, yeah. you're fine. I totally. But I, yeah. But I think if you're just out of your mind, yeah, like you've no. had a break. Yeah, that's no. where I don't get it. Because we just recently, like last week, had a situation where an employee got hit. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Yeah, and I don't I, know what happened to it. I don't know if he I decided think, to press charges or not. But the patient was clearly psychotic mm-hmm. when I went to the code. That's so like weird. I could see that he was psychotic, and to me, it's kind of like, what the fuck? Oh, it's I do. Dilemma. It's a gray area, you know. I mean, like, I I think with. Because the excuse that I hear a lot at work is, oh, we, we just, he's too aggressive and we just can't handle that kind of behavior here. But <laughs> I've heard that at Cottonwood hospital. Creek. I've heard that at Intermountain. I haven't heard that at West Valley when I worked the psych unit there because they have mechanical restraints and they um, used fucking those yeah. and they used antipsychotics. They had zero tolerance for that type of shit. Yeah. Um, but I think the, it falls back on not us as the psych techs and nurses, but like us as the hospital where it's like, look, if we want to admit these people who are violent and aggressive and right, like it's going to happen every now and then, like it's inpatient psych, like you're going to, restraints are going to happen. Like you're going to get hit. It's just, it's, it's how it fucking goes. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're going to admit people who are straight out of, straight out of fucking prison or who's straight out of a situation that leads them to feel more inclined to do something violent towards you or if we're going to admit only these people and we're not going to screen for this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. then i think we need to do more as a hospital and when i say that i mean if we're going to have these kinds of people like we need to like half the nurses won't initiate a restraint because of the paperwork they could be making they could be destroying the unit they could be making the other patients completely completely anxious and uncomfortable and wanting them to fight, but it's too much paperwork. We need to eliminate the amount of paperwork. I mean, if we can do that, but we also need to have nurses and have people on who know that this is how it goes sometimes rather than letting somebody just run a fucking run rampant like that for two or three days and then pop off and then say, Oh, we've dealt with him for so many times, so many days doing this. It's like, you haven't dealt with them because I think there's an intervention for every behavior. And if you're running around slamming doors, if you're threatening your peers, posturing people, the intervention is medication. And if you touch someone, the intervention is being held down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because there's been plenty of psychotic patients. You know, like I worked with a couple at Cottonwood where it's like, they shouldn't, like it shouldn't have fucking went down like that. Like they should not have fucking gone to jail. Like, mm-hmm. If we use the excuse that, oh, CPI just didn't do it, well, maybe we should do something different than CPI. Because if you have a patient who's psychotic and they're hitting people, A, your your verbal de-escalation didn't work. And even with verbal de-escalation, like if someone's out of their fucking mind, like it doesn't, you could fucking tell them you're giving them a million dollars and it's going to be the same response. Like if somebody is that psychotic and that sick, like... Yeah. I mean, I'll say it, and like a lot of people think it's barbaric, and a lot of people think it's fucked up. But if you're unable to decide for yourself, you should be given fucking meds. Like yeah. If you're that psychotic, like doesn't matter yeah. if you're aggressive, like you should be fucking given the shot. And then when you're coherent, right, make your decisions because we're not doing anything for them other than letting them get worse, and we're not really. I mean, they're paying the fucking bill. Right. If yeah. I if I had a psychotic break for a week. 
and nobody gave me meds. Right. Because like, they didn't want to do the paperwork because they <laughs> right. didn't want to fucking they didn't want three people to fucking hold me down while they gave me a shot in my fucking arm or my ass like and I got up and I came out of it and I'm like why the fuck didn't you guys do this like it's not fair. Yeah. You know like do you feel a a, a person who has a mental illness should be under the same set of laws as someone who doesn't? I think it just depends on the mental illness. I mean, I have type two bipolar. Like I follow yeah. the same rules as everyone else. I have depression. Yeah. I, I think that if somebody has a cognitive impairment, like a lower IQ below, like, I don't know, seven, I forget what the numbers are for like retardation, but if somebody's retarded, no, they shouldn't be. Right. Mm-hmm. But, or if somebody's psychotic, like there should be some sort of, there should be some sort of like, different type of treatment i mean it's really tricky to say because we had that psychotic guy fucking go in and stab a bunch of little girls in boise like that guy was psychotic as fuck yeah like what is i mean punishment you know because we don't like we're doing away with state hospitals we're doing away with long-term treatment because we can just throw these people in group homes now yeah so maybe bring back long-term psychiatric treatment like life Mm -hmm. like lifelong Mm -hmm. like and that's where they live State Hospital South, you're gonna, you're there for life. Well, Switzy, Switzy's more developmental. I mean, because like that guy who killed all those kids, that guy could probably like, if they stabilize that guy, he wouldn't be appropriate for Switzy. Oh, okay. But he would still be appropriate for somewhere where he would be going to these classes, where he would be going to these groups, where he'd be medication would be monitored. Yeah. Um, I think that's like, that's some that's somewhere where we're failing as a society is mm-hmm. definitely is that i mean it's great we have all these antipsychotics, but like because that was a big push with like deinstitutionalization so oh, we have thorazine now we have abilify we all all this but like how do you expect a psychotic person to go spend six seven hundred bucks on a fucking long acting well yeah, <laughs> yeah right. like yeah, how is that gonna work and that's like, the thing what fucking logic is that like <laughs> when patients discharge they're put on this like extremely expensive medication that medicare is not going to cover and they're on medicare dude i was on an antidepressant that was 300 bucks a month oh my god and like it's not anymore still expensive but like Yeah. yeah i was put on that and it's just like fuck like it just the pieces don't fucking add up like i think mental health's more like I think a lot of people want to talk about mental health and psychiatric issues, but they want to talk about that on a level of ego and on a level Mm -hmm. of altruism versus a level of like reality. And like, this is how it really is. Like, how is it when you're suicidal? How is it when you go to the ER because you're suicidal or because you have a mental disorder? Like, bam, paper scrubs, bam, you have a sitter, bam, we're not going to listen to anything you say because you're psychotic, bam, you're going to Intermountain. You don't have a choice. Like, but you're still mentally ill and it's still a disease and you still deserve compassion, but it's not really compassionate. Like, I don't think, right. I mean, I'll say it. Like, I think we have a lot of good people working at Intermountain, but our mm-hmm. facility is fucking filthy. What well, would you filthy. say that about any mental health? Cottonwood and West Valley were fucking clean. Really? Yep. Why'd you stop working at Cottonwood then? So when I went to Europe for a month, the director of nursing there, had said it was okay and that I could use my PTO 
when I got over there, my PTO wasn't transferred. And before I went, they changed their mind and said, oh, you actually have to come back PRN and we can probably try to get you full time. So I'm over there. My PTO didn't go through. I call Mm. them, text them, email them weekly while I'm over there. Yeah. About the third week, I'm just like, fuck this. Like they've dipped me around on my schedule. There's clearly some nepotism going on between the DON and certain techs and certain nurses. I'll take Mm. the dollar pay cut and I'll go back to Intermountain. Yeah. And when I got back into town, it took me calling two, three more times, then calling the CEO asking for my PTO, which it was like, Mm. it's like seven, 800 bucks. Yeah. It's like, I was kind of, I was planning on coming home and like not having fucking rent. Like it was a, it was like a big, it wasn't like a, Oh, uh, sorry. We're late. It it was like a big deal. And yeah, you know, like, I just it is what it is with that. I'm not like necessarily butthurt about leaving there. Um, yeah, the thing about Intermountain is the main thing is I've never been denied time off. Yeah, from then, dude. That's from them. Yeah, legit. I mean, like that's one of the best things about it. There is, I mean, if I need time off, I can get it off. Like, yeah, and I've like got a good schedule. I spent so much money, fucking on my truck like putting shit together in there like to where the point where i'm like almost broke doesn't <laughs> fucking matter because i can just i could pick up fucking 24 i could pick up 20 hours in a day and work it if i wanted yeah you could. Yeah. yeah i mean i can be fucking five six minutes late they don't give a shit like <laughs> yeah it's yeah, a perfect they're job not gonna say yeah shit. exactly yeah. <laughs> i mean you can really be 20 minutes late most of the time and no one's gonna say shit because report's still going on and you're like oh okay i showed up i'm good like let's do handoff and start the day yeah that's a good thing like i don't really worry about being late there I try to do it just because I want to be in the habit of like being on time. But like, dude, I'm well, like, yeah, I'm yeah. like five, ten minutes. Like every, like I just, I'm at the like, and there's some days where it's like I'm making my sandwich at home, seven o two. Yeah. Oh well, like fuck it. Like I, I'm, there. I'm there usually early, I'm but of, if I'm, I'm late, of, I'm just like. Okay, we got a report. We got 30 oh, minutes late. Remember that one, one of, uh, time? One of two male texts late? on my end oh, of the week. Oh, tell so. this story, and I'm going to go to the bathroom. Oh, no. I don't want you, you know this story. I had a pee really bad. Well, it was one time when Chris was late for work, and he hops up and goes, <laughs> I'm late. You were like 20 minutes late? Something like that. And I go, I jumped out and I said, oh my God, what do I do? Like totally freaking out. And he's like, you can go back to sleep. I'm just going to get ready and go to work. Because I, <laughs> I was thinking like it was another job where you're like, this is terrible. And he's like, no, we're good. So. No, yeah. they're, they're pretty, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'll say like just with Inner Mountain compared to like, I mean, West Valley was stricter. They had a lot more structure, a lot more structure. Yeah. And they were and a lot more the like new one, hands right? on, but yeah, Cottonwood okay. is. When I worked at Cottonwood and worked at Intermountain, there is no structure. Oh, wow. there is very little structure, and it's. I mean, it's like a lot of jobs where like there's a huge social aspect to it, mm-hmm. which I mean, you're gonna find that anywhere, I think. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like when I worked at West Valley, like, and nothing against people who are LDS, but mm-hmm. everyone was fucking LDS. Oh, really? And like that's just what somebody told me is that everybody was LDS Mm -hmm. and I was like okay that makes sense why everyone's so fucking standoffish like (laughs) I'm over here cussing like a sailor and they are not (laughs) I'm like I'm 28 29 like 
working as a psych tech, these people are like 25, like already out of school. And I'm mm. just like, all right, cool. Like whatever, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that, but the good thing about Intermountain is, yeah, you can be late. Like you can work as much as you want, take as much time off as you yeah, want. Yeah, they seem like, flexible. They'll work I think with they you. understand that it's like not the greatest environment sometimes it's rough i don't think i could do it i think it takes a certain personality type or something because yeah oh yeah i'm more i'd work with psych over rehab most days i mean i work the rehab side a lot so it's like not a huge issue but i don't mind i have a lot more patience for psych Mm -hmm. versus somebody who's just an alcoholic who is or just wanting to be a fucking dick yeah exactly the hard time like the behavioral side, I think, would be hard for me. Like, Keeping oh, you're just being mouth. a jerk. <laughs> Keeping my mouth shut <laughs> yeah. on that sometimes. It's yeah. kind of rough. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited to be doing more than more than teching. Mm-hmm. But it's a couple years off for sure. Wait, What's are your... you doing more than teching? Social working. Oh, okay. Is that what you're in school for? Yeah, so, like, therapy and stuff like that. Oh, sweet nice all right and we're back (laughs) all right so god what else do we have to say about work what's your favorite unit to work in that's a that's a true i don't know man like i used to like working east a lot when there is structure but like when there's no structure on east it fucking sucks yeah it's fucking east is fucking changed it's yeah, like I still I still do shit the same way over there and a lot of kids don't like it, but Yeah. It's tough shit, I guess. I mean it's not fucking it's not east. slumber party, like you know, just get to smoke meth and fucking come hang out with your buddies. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I've worked on East for close to seven years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. And and it's changed a lot. Before we got like depressed suicidal psychotic kids now we're getting we're getting we're still getting that but we're getting more juvie kids in there and i'm like and that sucks i'm fine with my biggest thing with that like i mean i'm probably going to apply at the juvie center in pocatello when i move there but it's i'm fine with working with juvie kids but like we just need a we need the the approach that matches that Mm. like yeah and i don't think intermountain has these kids are like there's so many little there's not a lot of text there and a lot a lot of not a lot of nurses that understand how to actually run a unit based off of like trauma informed care yeah um, mm-hmm. and you still set limits and you still set boundaries and you still put your foot down with trauma informed care but i think what i see what i see happening now is you know we have people who try to do the trauma informed care but you have these kids who will manipulate their fucking way out of it. Yeah. And we have a kid. I mean, we got a kid there. Safe to say we have a kid there doing that now. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And it's not nothing. I mean, it's one of those things where it's just it all boils down to like leadership. But when I say leadership, I don't just mean, oh, the director of nursing needs to do this. No, oh, it, the lead techs it, need to do that. Oh, the CEO. It's like, no, like it comes down through the ranks. It's everybody, like, yeah. if you apply for a job there, like, you need to have work ethic and you need to, like, uphold the way things are. Yeah. Like, there needs to be a system. Like, more people need to be showing leadership. Yeah. Whether they're a tech, whether they're 
lead tech, mm. whether they're a nurse, whether they're charge nurse, like you name it. Like there's just the leadership is just lacking. And that's yeah. leadership and the viewpoints on how things should be are lacking. That's why it is the way it is, I think. Mm. Yeah. And for me, and I think I've said this to you before, I would rather any day deal with a psychotic teenager than a behavioral yeah, teenager. Yeah, we were talking about Oh, yeah, that. totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I feel like the if they're difference just being dicks. Is, I believe, yeah. I, I mean, my, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was fucking in juvie a bunch growing up. Like, yeah. so I'm under the, I, the way that I roll is like, if you're just going to be a fucking Were they dick, drug charges or like a violent charges? Oh, uh, like assaults, drug oh, charge, okay. like probation violations, dirty UAs. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, but I was in there and it's like, that's how it handled. I remember like, I never like got attitude with any of the guards. Um, they're actually all really like they're really fucking chill with you like until you yeah. start being a dick and then they're like 50 times more a fucking dick <laughs> yeah. so but i uh now i remember one kid was like freaking out over some and literally like it was he wasn't psychotic he was just fucking pissed and like hitting shit and the guards just sitting there laughing at him like what are you fucking gonna do like yeah how is this gonna how is this gonna benefit your sit that's kind of my approach though to a lot of I like wish we could do that i mean i'm not gonna sit there and yeah. laugh at him but i'm just like yeah we had a kid the other day he's like throwing some it's like all right dude you fucking feel better <laughs> like yeah yeah Maybe maybe if you throw the whole fucking rack you will and then, <laughs> and then you're gonna look like a dumbass picking it up in there yeah <laughs> no? So, know, so I I don't know. That's kind of like the clientele that I want to go and working with. So I'm like I'm fine with it, but I just we're fucking pussies about it. And I think it was when we had our old director of nursing and our old program manager. They wanted to be very laissez faire with everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that. I mean, I, I think that's just what did it. That's my yeah. opinion, though. I mean, we had a program manager. We have kids over there throwing desks, assaulting other people, and the program manager comes over and blames the staff, like that, yeah. t- like that type of shit. Like, fuck Did no. Did that program manager's name start with a C? No. Oh. Letter after C, though. Oh. So, <laughs> I mean, I like her as a person, but at the same time, like, I we we don't see eye to eye on that level, you yeah. know. Like, and that's just I saw more eye to eye with fucking Carla on certain things oh let's see not on not on everything but on certain things yeah, like putting your foot putting your foot down like following the rules like that shit but she like, definitely put her foot down yeah she was good at that <laughs> yeah but i i had times where she came on to east and she was like almost as erratic as any fucking yeah. adolescent patient that we had oh i i remember like I, throwing charts around and shit <laughs> Yeah. So Dude, I believe it. We won't mention names, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think that place can bring out the best in some people and it can bring out the worst in some yeah, people. Yeah. It's a, it's a you got to know crazy. when to put your fucking... Fold your hand, you know? Yeah. And so fucking new start, because you've had... You have a degree in alcohol and substance abuse. I have a bachelor of science with a minor in alcohol and drugs. Yeah, and so new start. Let's talk about that and entitlement. Dude. <laughs> and shit. <laughs> I'm so like, I'm just on autopilot when I'm over there. Really? Yeah. Like, so I, you I, are I, a recovering addict. You stopped yeah. shit when you were 17, 18 years old. How do you feel going to new start? <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, like, like, it's easy to tell, like, if somebody wants to get clean and, like, wants to get sober. Yeah. But, like, the thing about getting clean and sober, and I think a lot of rehab places do this, they make it seem like it's going to be some fucking great and fun experience, and it really <laughs> it sucks dick. Like, it's yeah. fucking horrible. It's not a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't. That's what the pamphlet should say. This yeah, sucks, sucks, dick. Yeah. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> but it'll get better. Yeah. So I mean, I I see that, and it's just I can't say anything. I mean, it's my job. It's I yeah. got to pay the fucking rent. I got to build my savings account and do what I need to do. But like, I don't. I don't know. I know that if I were to call somebody on their shit over there. I would get written up. Oh, dang. Like, I know, because it's very much... It's just business there. Like, that's yeah, what it is. I mean, like, true. you have Dr. T, and, like, Dr. Yeah. T's really fucking smart, really passionate about what he does. Yeah. He's a great... It's a tremendous asset to that unit. Um, and so are a lot of the nurses that work over there, but I think that when I see my charge nurse who has 30 assessments to do... Yeah. Charge nurse who's like competent, good at her job, not mm. like half acid shit. But when she has 30 assessments to do, like, I don't necessarily get the impression that all the patients are, you know, getting the care that they should be getting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that we should give them more freedom. They should be able to smoke whenever they want to smoke. You know, that's true. Can they do that? Can they do that at St. Al's? They can do that at North Point. Oh, at North Point. That's up on Mountain View. Oh, no. Eustick. Eustick. Okay. So they can do that at North Point. I think they can do it at uh, the Walker Center. But what's uh, Cottonwood like? They they can't smoke there. Okay, mm-hmm. same as Intermountain. You have smoke breaks or not, no smoking at all? No smoking at all. Wow. Uh, That's rough when you're coming off yeah. some really well, hard. Well, Intermountain's like that too. The only places you can smoke is New Start, the drug and alcohol rehab. None of the other units. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, I think that there could be a lot of restructuring, but I don't think it's ever going to happen there because yeah. it's unless they change like corporate ownership, I don't think it'll happen because there's just too much about money there. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about, I mean, what 30 days on new starts, what, like 30 fucking grand. Holy crap. So when we yeah, got 30, like pa- we got 30 days. patients, we want to wow. keep that census. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Wow. Like, and it's gone. It's way different now that they accept Medicaid. Not fucking like. I'm sorry, but like that's not. That hurts. They need to rewrite and adjust the program now that we have Medicaid. Yeah. Medicaid. Medicaid. I mean, it's not that people that get Medicaid are fucking bad and undeserving. It's more the fact that like Medicaid will. You'll have somebody coming in, mm. and they'll need. They'll be there for rehab. They'll get week and a half of rehab, and then Medicaid will randomly decide, oh, well, we're not going to pay for you anymore. Yeah. And they're just well, what the fuck is this? And they go out and they relapse or like they're the best patient on the unit. They're showing the most leadership. They leave. The unit goes to shit. Like I don't. Well, that's the thing with insurance. It doesn't account for like, Oh no. Personal fucking behaviors or actions. Oh, absolutely not. You're a number. Yeah. You're a number within. No, I mean, you're treated better if you're a heroin addict than if you're schizophrenic. That's true. That's how it is. Really? Not that, like, heroin addicts should be treated like shit, but, like... But, yeah, in the system, Like, they're both pretty fucking debilitating disorders. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you should fucking have... You should be able to... But it's different. One's a choice. 
Well, like it the, was. It was a choice. Yeah. yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, I kind of believe. I mean, like, I believe it like to an extent. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. like every like once. Yeah, you're, like, I feel like this fucking balls deep in addiction that you can just say, "Oh, I don't want to do anymore," but like. You pass. You have your checkpoints. You pass. Yeah. Like you. You have your checkpoint of oh. Do it. Yeah. Do I want to fuck yeah. over my family or do heroin? I'm gonna be like, late for. Yeah. I'm gonna be late for. Uh, my son's birthday party. Oh, it's okay. He won't care. He's right. he's only four. Right. He won't. He doesn't understand. Oh, well, I'm gonna miss dinner with my wife. Oh, screw it. I got to do this. Like. Yeah. But each time you do that, it's like you have that it moment where it's like you're, you you kind of feel like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But you just go with it. Yeah. And eventually yeah. that becomes the norm and it just mm-hmm. gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, yeah it's true. I think that's the like psychosis. And as far as dealing with patients and the legal terms are the same as drug induced psychosis. What do you mean legal terms? So say if someone who has a drug induced psychosis assaults somebody. Do well, you feel like, that they are accountable the same way as someone who's just psychotic? So what? That's it really just depends on how psychotic. Because I mean, if you take a hit at LSD right now, yeah, like you'll trip balls for a little bit. Yeah, are you high or are you psychotic? I don't know. Say I go out and kill somebody. Uh, when you're high, yeah. Then I would say, I would say that's more of a criminal thing. Okay. Versus. If you took the LSD, one hit of LSD that should have only lasted, your, your high should have only lasted you a day, yeah. but we're 15 days later. And you're still fucked And you're high. still fucked up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Then like you have psychosis. switched then that's, yeah. yeah. Then you're stuck. Because that, in that can and happen. Get out. Yeah. It can happen one time. Okay. Because um, I, I mean, because I could believe that if you took a hit of acid right now, you took that because you had a desired effect that you wanted to achieve. Yeah. I don't think that you want to be fucking on that same trip 15 days. No. Like, <laughs> I don't think that was the fucking goal. You're exhausted, like, dude. I, don't, like, <laughs> I don't think you were aiming for the that 15 days plan. of no sleep. Like, I don't think that <laughs> yeah. was in the fucking book. Yeah. But, okay. So that's kind of where I draw the line with that. I mean, and yeah. if you're high and you do something, I mean, if I get drunk right now and go drive and you know kill someone it's manslaughter Mm. i mean it's manslaughter from psychotic too but the difference is is if i'm drunk and i come out of that and i wake up sober i'm going to go through the punishment sober whereas if i'm psychotic from the detox i'll more than likely go through the punishment sober but it's going to be taken into account and i'm going to have the opportunity or I would hope I would have the opportunity to kind of make everything right that I could. Because hmm. I wouldn't plan on doing something like that. Because yeah. the whole goal of quitting drinking is to be a better person. So if you quit drinking and you kill someone when you're psychotic because of your withdrawals, like, obviously that's not the intent. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how, that's how I would argue it anyways. Okay. Yeah, because for me, it's always been like a gray area. And I've never been assaulted at work to a point where I felt I needed to press charges but i've always thought like what would i do like would i the other press charges just because i've been hurt or do i you know know this patient is psychotic and don't press charges because of that or if the patient's just behavioral i think uh 
I think too, like we see one side of it. Like I pressed yeah. charges on a kid on East. He was uh-huh. super behavioral. He hit me in the face like 10 times. Wasn't okay. psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally I, see that. But what ended up happening with that is the prosecutor called me and said, we're lowering this now to a misdemeanor. So there is, they do have to go through the judicial system. They do get the notes from the jail mm-hmm. on how yeah. they're doing, especially if they're in the medical ward, which they would be. And yeah. if they go to court, the judge is going to see like how fucked they are. Yeah. And it's also too, like if you're on a commitment and you go into jail, you can go to Blackfoot faster. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I got sent to rehab, when I was 17 they brought me from the juvie center in boise to idaho falls but we had to make a stop at the jail because we were picking up a lady who was getting committed to blackfoot mm-hmm. so a lot of the times i think it could work out better for some of the patients um but it really i don't know i mean if like i don't i guess what i'm getting at is i don't feel like every psychotic patient who has been charged with that felony is on felony probation or they're a felon i think it probably gets dropped Mm. like assaulting a healthcare worker felony it's it's like fucking dana her fucking son or i think it was her son but he big fucking like body like built fucking guy um he hit four of us in the face he didn't hit me in the face but he just he was super psychotic like he got arrested i don't think he's gonna fucking go to prison mm-hmm. i don't think he's going to be fucked for the rest of his life yeah you know but he will pay a fine he'll pay the he'll pay the court fees he for might get some community service workers. yeah yeah but i don't think he's gonna it's not gonna ruin his life it's not gonna ruin his life <clears throat> some people though if you have a history of doing it yeah mm-hmm. i think it would but, so let's say like so let's say and let's take it to an extreme a psychotic patient that or a psychotic person not really a patient we've dealt with that kills a person now and the things that i've researched over like the past few years there's only been two cases of where insanity um or not guilty by insanity have actually taken place well idaho doesn't have that no they don't Idaho, we uh when i interviewed for a job at the prison they actually showed me where they do that the insanity restoration like where they restore Mm. people to sanity it's either at the state hospital in blackfoot Mm. but if they're too violent then they go to health and welfare has i think four or five fucking cells at maximum security where they can send people yeah and i've heard of those basically like i don't i mean yeah, I think in that case, like it's all about like the victim of that. Mm-hmm. Like if you, like if your brother got the shit beat out of him by somebody who is psychotic, right? Yeah. And he went to Blackfoot or he went to Max south of town. They gave him meds. They basically stabilized him. Mm-hmm. He comes out. You're sitting across from a court, and he is in tears because he can't believe he did something like that. Yeah. Like, you can visibly see that this guy is sorry. Your brother's still in the fucking hospital recovering. Yeah. But this guy is seriously like, he ne- he didn't know what happened. Yeah. Like, you got to put yourself in that person's shoes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how adult court works that much compared to juvenile court, but I know in juvenile court, 
the judge can force you into fucking counseling. They yeah. can force you into med compliance. They can force you. They can force you to pretty much like be fucking st- uh, stable against your will. Mm. Yeah, in juvenile court. In juvenile court, like they can fucking basically Doctor Armstrong you from a fucking different location. Okay. They can fucking say, hey, if you're not going to take these meds on the outside, if you're not going to go to counseling on the outside, you can come to the detention center and we will force medicate you. Oh, dang. And we will fucking, if you act up, we will restrain you to a fucking bed and we will force you to go to counseling. So you either do it out here or you do it out there. Wow. In terms but of either way, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, I, I mean, I can support that. I mean, if if I was in that situation... That's basically like saying, look, you were basically saying to the offender, like, look, you really fucked up. We know you didn't mean to, but somebody's in the hospital. There needs to be accountability. So here are your options. Mm -hmm. If you're really sorry, you can pay the restitution. You can pay the fines. You can make everything. You can do everything in your power to make that better. But you have to take your meds. You have to go to counseling. You have to do this. And if you don't want to do that, you can get your sentence of X amount of years. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm more in favor of something like that versus, oh, somebody with schizophrenia or somebody who is psychotic um, beat the shit out of somebody. Like, let's just send them to a hospital where, where they'll get a decent meal every day. They'll get a comfy bed. Um, they'll get medication. They won't have to buy their groceries. They won't have any sort of responsibility. Yeah. Like, I'm more for, like... You fucked up. Here's what you're going to do. Yeah. Versus that. How do you feel about homeless patients coming in and just taking a bed? And we'll end with this. I think. I don't know. I mean, there's always the bed. I don't get the impression at Intermountain that they're taking up a bed that somebody else can use. We have so many fucking beds at Intermountain. It is true. Cottonwood has so many fucking beds. I don't know how many beds St. Al's has. I know there's Safe Haven too, and I know there's West Valley. And I know that the floor is at some of the hospitals will take these patients. I think that we should have a different approach. I mean, if somebody, like, I've seen it on ICU plenty of times. Like, somebody says, oh, I'm suicidal. They get a one-to-one and they're having the time of their fucking life, you know, drinking cranberry juice, mm-hmm. playing cards with the other patients. Yeah. And it's just like, everybody sees having it. The, the doctor time sees of their it. Life. They literally, yeah. like, I'm serious. <laughs> drinking cranberry juice and playing yeah, cards. They used to get cran grape, but they don't get that. <laughs> no, they don't get it anymore. It's no, like, they fucking eliminated cran grape. Because that was too good. It was too good. People were getting, <laughs> patients were gaining weight. Now they loopy. just get straight cranberry. Yeah. That's, that's real. You only get two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there is a lot of kid at snack times now. I think that if someone is homeless and that's their lifestyle is we're going to say that they're suicidal, they're going to come in and do nothing. I think that's the name of the fucking game with psych. But I also think, too, that if you're homeless and you're suicidal or that you're just looking for a bed, there should be a different approach in care planning for that. Yeah. Meaning yeah, like, that's true. rather than, oh, so-and-so is, they're just sleeping, they're fucking homeless, da to da to da yeah. like wake their fucking ass up. That's you know, true. like every time there's a group, go shake them. Hey, group time, like mm-hmm. yeah. go do this, right? Like so you have to engage do, while yeah. you're here. Engage them, yeah. tell them they have to engage. Yeah. I mean, you can't force them to engage, that's the thing. But. 
go in there do your assessments mm-hmm. like yeah. don't make it a pleasant a pleasant place i mean yeah. some of them are legit suicidal yeah but i think if you're going to go in there and you're just going to take up a bed because it's a little cold out or it's too hot outside like i don't know i mean yeah i almost think that if i was in charge of that hospital i would do away with adult unit mm-hmm. and split adult unit base not not split it but basically make it to where icu west if you wanted to have people who are homeless and suicidal or homeless yeah. and they just wanted a bed like put them over there mm-hmm. have icu be for like fucking have it co-ed but have it be for like super fucking sick patients unless they're yeah. like hypersexual or like a sex offender or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that you know like i don't know i it, it irritates me but at the same time like i just i know that's how it is in psych and yeah i think back in the day maybe in the 70s and 80s like my mom like she worked in psych and i think it was either like san francisco or dc yeah one place and she would talk about how like in the winter people would come in and like talk to the tv and like they would have to go out there and figure out if they're full of shit or not. Oh, Here, wow. you come into Intermountain and you talk to the TV, you're going to ICU. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, like, exactly. that's fucking money for us. Like, yeah. Oh, like, we got ass. at least three days while you're on yeah. hold or if you came in on a fucking Friday. Yeah, like that type. Like, I don't know. But I think, too, like, it's also, like, you have to look at like who's bringing these people in like are they walking to intermountain themselves or are they walking to st luke's downtown um why does st luke's downtown feel that they need to come to intermountain is it because they don't want to deal with the psych patient no i don't think medical hospitals want to deal with a psych patient at all no no they try to get them to us as fast as possible Mm -hmm. yeah they don't like when i was in the hospital last year Oh, they there was were a telling psych me, patient. Yeah, there was a psych patient, and they were, I was like, because I heard it out in the hallway, like, this person is being fucking crazy. This sounds like, you know, a patient in her mountain. Uh, I was like, mm. like, what's going on with this patient? They're like, oh, they're like code gray. You had <laughs> your guts to... cut open like seven times, and you told the nurses that you wished you could go help. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I wanted to go help because they didn't know what the fuck no, to do. No, Chris could have totally and I could have, like, do. helped yeah. them, yeah, at St. Luke's here in Nampa or Marie. Are you at the St. Luke's and Nampa? Yeah. I was at both of them. St. Luke's, Nampa, Mostly and Meridian. Most Nampa. Nampa. Yeah. yeah. I just did my clinicals there. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. And they were they just like... They don't like psych patients. No. Like, <laughs> medical hospitals don't fucking like psych patients. No. I, I That all. shit pisses me off because it's just like... I don't know. The thing it's that pisses me off about issue. it they can't is they don't someone. give us... They don't give R E N R the full story oh, they because they want to get rid of that yeah. patient. They completely fuck us. Like, yeah. So they don't tell you. Literally, guys the like truth? you can no. you could have somebody um, with a brain no. hemorrhage get sent from ICU to St. Luke's, and St. Luke's would call back and say the patient's coming back. They have a headache. Whoa. Like yeah. that's how like they don't care. Wow. Yeah, they don't give a shit. And to me, like that's patients. so like that's so fucking unethical like that's yeah. so i mean so i have a diagnosis i have bipolar type two like i don't get psychotic mm-hmm. yeah and i have depression so i get pretty fucking depressed but the times that i've been in the er for like concussions migraines or like when i was dealing with my stomach problems 
literally like i'm treated like a fucking psych patient wow That's really? like, wow. you tell them like the meds you're taking oh are you safe are you gonna hurt yourself it's oh just like God. yeah like, fuck off dude i just hit my head like, yeah 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 like, they, you get the impression and like i i don't know like That's i don't even want to go to i won't go to st luke's er because they have that in my chart yeah and like all it takes is like one fucking bad word or one yeah. one smart ass comment to a fucking doctor or nurse which I'm prone and to do. Like you're a psych patient, <laughs> and then you're on a fucking hold. Yeah, wow. and the exactly. process starts. Wow. So I'm like, I'm not about that, yeah. you know. But like, it's sad just how like that's how it is these days. And even you know, at Inner Mountain, I've seen just patients just asked to leave and they're put on a hold. Yeah, like that shit too. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's not a lot of understanding yeah it's i mean definitely uh there's not a lot of understanding towards a lot of people and there's a lot of stuff based off of convenience both at intermountain both at st luke's um i mean just when i shit dude i was doing my clinicals over there in the er and i mentioned to a couple of people like oh yeah like i work at intermountain and they're just like we could never do that kind of work and i'm just like it's really not that fucking hard like <laughs> yeah it's too easy that's why i'm here doing learning something new is because it's too fucking easy like, yeah i mean i would say like 80 percent of the time it's like any other healthcare job yeah it's like you ever and, talk someone down from like throwing a chair at you it's kind of like fucking like bass fishing where like you get, them on, <laughs> you get them on the line like you yeah. see them and you get them on the line and you gotta you reel them in you yeah. know? it's kind of like that like it's the same it's the same yeah. area of your brain like it's that's <laughs> kind of how I see it <laughs> and that's how psychiatry relates to bass fishing people alright <laughs> I like it oh shit oh, alright nice. let's get out of here <laughs> thank you Ian thank you so thank much you. awesome this is fun it's great yeah. conversation yeah I'm Chris Adams I'm Wendy Mosier Hash- what are you are oh, you I'm signing out I'm signing off you're Chris Adams I'm you Wendy Mosier you know you're a hashtagger what? Hashtag get toasted. Stay toasted. Boom. Sweet. We're done. That was awesome, oh. dude. Yeah. yeah really Thanks great. for having me on. Thank that was you. cool.